Once again, we're uh, glad to have you with us this morning. Uh, as we move into Thanksgiving celebration uh, this week, uh, we're in a little three-part series on gratitude. Uh, we talked about last week, we shouldn't just narrow that into a season. Uh, but uh, over this season, I, we just want to remind one another of all that we have to be thankful for. Uh, last week, we, we talked about uh, joy and, and, and how joy and gratitude go hand in hand. Do you still have your verses memorized? Uh, always be joyful, never stop praying and give gratitude in all circumstances that that is uh, just a, that's sort of a basis of what we're trying to do over these uh, these weeks is remind ourselves of the many ways that God has blessed us and and it's it's a great way to find joy when you rehearse all that God has done for us uh, then it, it raises our spirits what we're going to talk about today, though, is it's, it's easier to have joy and to be grateful when things are going the way we want them to, but what about when the bottom falls out of things, right? What, what, what happens when, uh, when things don't go our way? What happens when the doctor comes up with that, uh, that diagnosis that you were dreading hearing about? What happens when the spouse that you've spent the last 50 years with is no longer, uh, with you? What happens when your, your kids, uh, won't talk to you? What happens when, when you lose your job? Can you, can you still have joy then? You know, as, as, as Christians, we, you, you know what I'm about to say, but we have a hard time li- living into it. We know that becoming a Christian doesn't take all your problems away, right? And if you, if you didn't know that, um, spoiler alert, uh, it, 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 that's the way it is, right? Just because we, we find God, just because we give ourselves to Him doesn't mean that we're not going to have to deal with uh, difficult people. It doesn't mean that there's not going to be war and violence. It doesn't mean that me and my spouse are always going to get along. It doesn't mean that I'm all, everything is always going to work out perfectly the way I want it to. And so when that happens, where do we turn? Even even when we know that that our life's not going to be perfect with God, I think we can all honestly say that in those times when darkness sort of surrounds us, that it's easy to start to doubt God and question, "Where are you? Why aren't you responding? Why why are you punishing me like this? Why is my life so difficult? Why can't it be easier? Why why does it seem like I just go from one thing to the other?" Just one challenge after the other, enough is enough. Can we, can I just have some peace and quiet? And so what I, what I want to talk about today is how do, how do we, how do we praise God through adversity? Even when it, even when it's hard, we're meant to raise our, our hearts and our, and our minds and our lives to Him. How do we do that? You know, the greatest example of the idea that that's following God isn't going to be easy is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, right? If there's anyone ever who, could, who deserved to say, this isn't fair, I deserve better than this, he's the one that could claim that. But you know the story. 
Our God humbled himself, gave himself for us, allowed himself to receive all the sin of the world, died a death, even death on a cross, so that we might have life. And then all of his followers, all those apostles that we know, they gave their lives to God. They, they, they engaged in ministry and they suffered for it. Why is it that, that, that we think that we shouldn't suffer as Christians? I actually think this is one of the reasons why American Christianity has lost its edge because it doesn't cost us anything here. It's, it's actually socially acceptable and, and beneficial to claim to be Christian. There's no cost for our, our discipleship, right? We, none of us have suffered the fear of death for our, for our faith. Gene Hall, that my friend that's a missionary in Asia, he's been here a couple times. Uh, he does training for young Christian pastors in Asia. And for many of his students, he can't publicize their picture or their name because in their village and in their town, at, at least they're going to suffer um, separation and be pushed out of a village and disowned. Or they might find themselves in prison for their faith. Or ultimately they may have to give their life for their faith. Can we, can we praise God? Can we find joy? Can we be grateful even when it's hard? We're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, Corinthians, uh, first and, first and second Corinthians, two letters written to the church in Corinth, a church Paul had a good relationship with, a church from the very beginning who, uh, it started exhibiting human nature, uh, cut loose in, in a, re, uh, in a developing faith. Uh, they, they were constantly fighting with one another. There was sort of a, uh, competition within the church of who was the most important and who who had the most power and who who was the best teacher and and all of this kind of petty thing and so Paul has written them two letters two of his longer letters and and a lot of times Paul wasn't a very kind person he he sort of grabs people and slaps them up in face and stop it right and and so he's this is his second letter he didn't ball them out good enough in the first letter so he he continued it into letter 2 uh, but in this second letter he is he is making a point of why we should why we should follow God and what we're called to and and he's he's talking about this this treasure of God's love called the new co- uh, new covenant that we have through Jesus Christ that through Christ, we have a way out of sin into righteousness. We go from being separated from God to being sons and daughters of God. It's the gospel or the good news of Jesus. And he calls it the, the treasure that God has given us. And so we're going to start in verse 7 of chapter 4. We now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. 
We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through, uh, through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said, I believed in God, so I spoke. We know that God, who raised the Lord Jesus, will also raise us with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. That's why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So Paul starts off that this, this light, this good news, this, this gospel, this, this treasure of all that God has done to give us a relationship, that God, God's light is now shining on us. His goodness, His mercy, His plans, His redemption, His, His relationship, all of that is shining on us. His countenance, his full attention. He never takes a break. He never, he never takes a vacation. There's not a moment that goes by that his, his mind and heart and work is not fixated directly on you. This treasure, this light shines on us. And frankly, we could stop here and that's enough reason right there for us to give praise to God. Right? I, I mean, I think, I think as Christians, we, we take this part for granted so much. The idea that God's full attention. I have a hard time doing that with people I love here on earth, giving them my full attention. His full attention for every one of us, His light shines on us. And, and here's the deal, folks. Paul understood this, and we're gonna, we're gonna build on this idea. But that light that God shines on us is not meant to just shine on us. It's meant to shine through us and into others. That's the Great Commission. Go into all the world, make disciples, baptize them, teach them all the things I taught you, and remember I'm with you even to the end of the age. The Christian life is meant to be lived out as an advertisement for who God is. That all that He's done for me shines on me. Hey, I'm talking. (laughs) All that He's done for me shines on me so that I can, so that the way I live allows His light to shine on others and others come to know Him. That's, that's the plan for us. But here's, here's, here's what we've done. 
We've made what God has done personal, and we forget about the corporate. My relationship with God and all that God has done for me, and I'm a good believer, and I have received, and I'm living like that's great. But you're only, you're only doing half the gospel. It starts with you. It spreads to others. We, we, we join him in ministry. That's, that's what the reason we have this book is because those, those followers of Jesus who saw him in action didn't settle with, let's develop a community and sing some songs and pat each other on the back every once in a while of how good we are. These folks, literally gave their lives to move the gospel forward in all sorts of difficult circumstances. He says this this light, we have this light shining in our heart, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars. This goodness of God, this power of God, this, this love of God shining on us, But we get in the way of the message sometimes because we're cracked pots. You're cracked pot. (laughs) I'm not sure you heard me on that one. Right? We have this tremendous... This is the miracle of, of God's plan in the New Testament. This astounding work that God did through Jesus Christ. And then He hands it over to us and says, continue my work. And we, we're we not good representations of His goodness and His glory, are we? It's sort of like if you were building a house and you had no budget, which is how most people start the process of building a house until they talk to the builder and they have to start subtracting things. But you, you're building this new house and you, you, you fawn over and you pick the perfect flooring and the perfect windows, and the perfect paint color, and the perfect wall hangings. And then it comes to your lighting, and you just go to Home Depot and get a garage light and hang it in the middle. It doesn't match. And and, and in reality, we don't match the glory of God. We don't. And yet we are still called to give ourselves for Him. Our heritage. We're followers of Christ. Paul was a follower of Christ. Matthew, Mark, John, Peter, all of those were followers of Christ. And what did they do with that? They gave themselves in sacrificial ways. Paul says, uh, verse 8, We are pressed on every side by troubles. We are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down. We get up again. I think you have to be under 40 in order to to get that one. I was going to play that song. There was at least a couple of you who giggled in this. In the 815, it was crickets. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be shown in our bodies. Paul tells us in in other places the horrific things he went through on behalf of his faith. 
He was stoned a number of times, and that's not smoking the wacky weed. That's getting thrown off a cliff, and then people throwing rocks at your face and, and not stopping until they assume you're dead. He, he, was, he was lashed a number of times, 39 lashes, 40 was meant was supposed to be fatal. A number of times he was whipped 39 times. He was thrown off a ship. He was put in prison over and over again. He suffered because of this great treasure that he had the privilege of holding onto. See, I think sometimes we get wrapped up in our circumstances when we, we lose our gratitude and we lose our joy because we're just so inward focused. We, we only think of ourselves. And, and then when things are going wrong, add a pity party to that. And now we're victims. And, and, and all we can see is that. And, and it just starts this, this perpetual sinking down. We just get caught up in that vacuum and it gets worse and worse and worse and worse. But Paul had a joy that was unbelievable despite all of the sufferings that he did, he went through. And it's because he, his life purpose was clear to him. I followed Jesus who gave his life for me and therefore I'm going to give my life to, for him. And if, if I have to go through some difficulties, I'm, I'm willing to do it because the payoff is going to be worth it. And it, if that way I get to participate in his suffering, I get to be a part of who he is. He saw it as a privilege where we, where we can't be bothered. They sacrificed. Let's take the camera and now zoom to 2023. We don't even know what sacrifice means in relationship to our Christian faith. We, we, don't, we never have to worry about death. And, and American Christianity is all about convenience and, and opinions and comfort and tradition and and what makes us feel good? I mean, Paul thrown off a ship, rocks in his face. To us, it's a big sacrifice to get out of bed and come to church, get our kids out. It, it's no wonder our, our, our witness to others, why, why the world is continually seeing, uh, the, the church is irrelevant because, I mean, if it's that important to you and you give this, this half effort, how important could it be? Well, Paul says, don't you understand? He went through all of this stuff and he said, all of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. Again, our purpose is to make heaven crowded. To, to shine the, the treasure, the light of God on all that we can to make a difference so that more and more people will come to know Him. And He says, whatever effort I put out to that, it, it's paid back to me because the best thing I can do for God is to love another person into the kingdom. That's the best thing I can do. And we, we have a tendency again to think selfishly and make it only personal. And so we, it, we, we talk about Bible study and all that kind of stuff. With, those are good things. But those are merely nutrition 
so that we can do ministry in the world. It's we, we feed ourselves with the Word of God and feed ourselves with prayer, not so that we feel better about ourselves, but so that we have the nutrition and the stamina to go out into the world and shine the light around. The best thing you can do for God is love another person into the kingdom. But we're so worried about it. Oh, what if they, what if they say something to me? I don't know. I think Paul would say, get over yourself. Well, it's not a convenient time. Oh, when was a convenient time? Do you think Jesus checked his schedule before they put him on a cross? We, we just, we, we, we've allowed this sort of complacency to, to work its way through our churches. And we've lost that desire to see the kingdom come here on earth and to do whatever we can for it. It is something I, I, I'm, I'm proud of this church and, and just the way we continue to, to grow in that. On, on Mondays we do our food relief and it seems like for the last few, um, uh, Mondays it's rainy and cold every Monday. A couple of weeks ago it was down in the thirties and it was drizzly and stuff and it was our big mega getaway and, uh, and yet we still had people standing out in the cold handing out food. Because it's what we do, right? I, I, I love that the, the worship wars are over in our church. I, I hardly ever get, I don't like that song. I don't like that. I don't get, number one, I probably don't get that because you know I'm going to give you a smart little comment back, but. <laughs> but there's, there's a new attitude that I might not like everything going on, but it's, it's not necessarily all for me. I love the fact that, that we are, that we are celebrating new people instead of just protecting our older folk. That, that we, that we see the potential of growth that we're willing to invest in, in children and teenagers and families. Because that's what the church looks like. That's what Christianity looks like. We, we receive the great treasure, and then even though we're broken pots, we have the privilege of shining His light in the world around us. And He says it's for our benefit because the more we do that, the more people start to believe, which means there's more praises going up, which means God's getting more glory, and, and it just creates this cycle that joy and glory, that emanation from God and His power and His work continues to grow. And what better thing can you give to God than the praises of His people and more people to praise? That's, that's what we're about. And I, I know you have some problems and I know, I know there's difficulties and all of us have different ways in which we serve and, and different ways that we can make a difference. Not everyone needs to go teach a Sunday school class. Some of you would scare those children to death. We don't want that. A little while ago, we, uh, there was a, a lady who hadn't been in church for a while, not since I've been here. She'd been homebound and then moved back with family. Um, but we, we have some folks in our church that write letters to, to people that are homebound and stuff. Simple little thing, writing letters. And the daughter called after uh, the mom had passed away to let us know that. But at the same time, gave thanks for this person who had written letters for her mom that she kept on her nightstand. 
Right? Simple little thing. The sacrifice of time to write out that note. But it made an eternal difference for that that person. Do you sacrifice? What's the sacrifice you bring to the Lord? Romans says we're a a holy and living sacrifice. We give ourselves our, our day, our time, our effort to Him. When you join this church, you say you're, you're going to support this church with your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your story. Are you praying for this church? Are you praying for this community? Are you praying for the people uh, that we that are in our area that don't know Jesus? Are you praying for people around the world to come to know Jesus? Are you praying in the midst of the conflict in, in Israel and Palestine? Are, are, you, are you praying that somehow God might be glorified in that? Are you praying for the, the, the new people that are, are coming into our, our family? Prayers present. About 12 years ago, the average worship attendance for self-proclaimed Christians was, uh, just about three Sunday, three weeks a month. It is now just over one time a month. And it's quickly going down. Again, why? Because, and for many of you, I'm preaching to the choir because you're here every week. I think you came with the carpet. But I, <laughs> I'm talking big, big picture. Why? Because we're, we, we've made convenience in our own schedules and our own priorities the thing that's more important than the message. And why? Well, I can worship God. Well, there's that I thing again. Remember, God's light is on us, not for just us, but so that we can be a part of something in the world. Prayers, presents, gifts. It's not just money. Money does, money does help, right? It does make a difference. We, we're, we're transitioning the way people give. We're moving from uh, generations that had a loyalty and a duty around their giving that would give a, a pattern, and some of you are still around, but emerging generations are more interested in giving money to something that matters, and they want to see their money make a difference, which is understandable. But here's what I, I, I try to encourage people to remember. I know the Paying for the AC and all of that isn't sexy. But without the church, a lot of the missions that we do wouldn't be in effect. They wouldn't be happening. So your, your generosity helps the functioning and allows us to do the things that we do to help the light of God be shared with others. I was in a class this week where one of the speakers talked about one of the most valuable things that we have to give is our time. It's, it's that we all have the same amount there, but it's the most precious resource that we can share with others to give our time for others. To, uh, to allow someone else, it, it, even when it's inconvenient, even if it, if it's difficult, even if there's, there's challenges in it, even if people misread your motives and say horrible things about you, even when it's hard, we still serve. Verse 16, that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. 
For our present problems are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. In those difficult times, what would happen if we changed our vision from why is God making me go through this to how can I take this challenge and make it glorify God? How how can I take that cancer diagnosis, give God thanks in the midst of the struggle, and then minister to other people who are dealing with the same thing? How can I, how can I take the problem I'm having in our family and the, the fight we're in and the fact it seems like we're headed for divorce? How can I, how can I take that and address the, the things in my own life, but then also be someone that can minister to others that are going through difficulties? Gratitude stems from our connection with God and there is no greater connection to God than when we are giving ourselves fully for others. Even when it hurts, even when it's difficult, even when we don't feel like it, the best way to get out of the spiral is serve others. It, it, it's contrary, right? We, it doesn't match. But Jesus said, what, what, what good does it do for a man to hold on to his life but lose everything else? And that's what we do. We, we hoard our, our time and our talent and, and our energy. But this is not going to last forever. We, we, we spend so much time holding on to this, and we're forfeiting the, the blessing of the kingdom that God has for us. We don't have to wait to get to heaven to have a full and rich life full of joy. It can be here and now when we turn what's bad into service an effort for God. Sarah's going to sing a, a song for us. We're going to have the words on the screen uh, to, to just help make this point of even when it's hard, we still need to, to praise Him.
mountain weight Take these ocean tears Hold me through the the fight seems lost I'll praise you even when it hurts like hell I'll praise you even when it makes no sense to sing louder than I'll sing a praise Ooh, I will only sing your praise So it's easy to talk about this stuff. How do we put it into practice? You can start at Thanksgiving. They say families, the best.
Family is your number one mission field, right? And and, and so as you gather uh, this this week, um, there probably maybe is going to be somebody around your table that's hard to get along with. And if you're thinking, hmm, I don't know if we have anybody, you're probably the one then. <laughs> but as as you uh, as you share around the table, how how could you sacrifice? To, to bring God's light into your celebration. Maybe don't say the thing that you know you shouldn't say anyway. Maybe don't start the argument that you know where it's going to go. Maybe, maybe don't get your feelings hurt because no one told you it was the best pumpkin pie ever. Maybe pick up a dish and wash it and serve someone else. But just allow the light of God. Give of yourself to others. And here's the deal. You're never going to give outgive God. It always comes back. It always comes back. That's that cycle. That's that the way he perpetuates that, that thing. It doesn't make sense, but it's, it's how the kingdom works. The more we give ourselves to him, the more he gives us the fullness of life. Gratitude. No matter what, no matter where, no matter when, Give God thanks and serve others. Amen? Amen. Haley's going to lead us in our last song. Why don't you stand with us?